Do you know what you're listening to right now? Do you have any idea? I mean, any idea. The number 28th podcast in guess what country? Guess what country? Bolivia. You didn't see that coming. Yeah, Bolivia. So listen, am I an international phenomenon? Uh, yeah, I think I am. Welcome to the show. This episode features the great Dr. Stephen Pakala and... Dr. Stephen Pakala was on the, ep- the podcast before, and that was episode number 20. And now many of my new listeners missed that episode. That episode remains one of my most popular ever because Dr. Stephen Pakala is an expert in something that not many people are experts in, carbon mitigation. He is the director of the Princeton Environmental Institute, and he co-directs the Carbon Mitigation Initiative. Now, why is carbon mitigation important? Well, because... Guess what we're not going to do? Sorry for all you environmentalists out there, but guess what's not going to happen? And and I know, this is shitty, but this is not going to happen. We're not going to stop using fossil fuels. Certainly not in the next 10 years. Maybe in 100 years. Maybe we'll be able to get clean. But guess what? We're still dirty. And we're going to be continuing to be dirty for a long time. And so now we have to face the facts. And the facts are that, yes... While fossil fuels are bad, we have built an economy that has a reliance on them. So, what do we do? Well, one of the things we can do is use carbon mitigation techniques, carbon capture techniques. In other words, is there a way that we can burn fossil fuels but prevent carbon from going into the atmosphere? 2018 remains the year with the most carbon emissions in the history of the industrialized planet. So how do we fix it? Well, Dr. Stephen Bacala works on that problem every day, and in this episode, the short episode, we talk about what can companies do, what can governments do, and what is being done to mitigate carbon use, to suck carbon out of the atmosphere. What can we do? Ladies and gentlemen, follow me on Twitter, follow me on Instagram, at Brendan Drackler. That's my name. If you don't know how to spell it, go on my website, thestateoftheuniverse.com, all one word, no spaces. No nothing. Just type it in. Just type it in. Don't hit that space bar. If you hit the space bar, you ain't going to the right place. So don't hit it. Okay? Also, subscribe to the show everywhere. YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. I don't care. Where, whatever you have. What do you have? Do you have a BlackBerry? You probably can't listen to this on a BlackBerry. But if you have an iPhone, Apple Podcasts. Give it five stars. Rating. Review. Whatever you gotta do. Just do it and do it well. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being here. Support the Patreon at patreon.com slash the state of the universe, all one word. Thanks. Love ya. Yeah. Now, right now, how is that done? Is that done strictly at the level of burning where you, you try to take as much emissions off of the burning process and not into the atmosphere? Or is that done with a machine that can actually remove the carbon from the atmosphere? It's all done by, well, almost all done, by removing carbon from flue gas. Mm-hmm. And you have a stream which, depending on the source, is 5 to 10% CO2. Yeah. And so... You, and there's a there are uh, devices that um, adsorb the CO2 mm-hmm. and then concentrate it and you inject it into the ground. A direct air capture machine is is chemically very similar. 
but it's dealing with a problem in which the fluid is much more dilute. All right. So yes. it's four parts per million, 0.04%. Mm-hmm. Okay. As 400 parts per million, 0.04%, rather than 10, 5 or 10%. Yeah. Right. So, so it's a, but, 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 so that's disadvantage but the flue gas problem is one in which you're trying to decarbonize a waste stream and so Mm -hmm. you've got to basically catch it all okay you can't let any of it go by because it's such a concentrated source it's still a large mass of co2 making it to the atmosphere yeah air capture problem is an extraction you don't have to get all the co2 out of the air as it goes by you can just get a fraction of it and have high throughput to capture a lot Mm -hmm. So there are different problems, and that's confused the physical. Um, uh, uh, there, there was an APS study, American Physical Society study yep. of direct air capture that that uh, was really pessimistic about the technology. But then a bunch of startups have uh, have made real progress nonetheless. Right. And the reason was the main reason was that difference, right? The difference between a cleanup problem and an extraction problem. Yes, I've seen these like machines. I don't know. If they're prototypes, I don't know if they can do uh, carbon capture well yet or if they can even do it at all. But I've seen – they look like these giant air conditioners sitting in the middle of a desert or something. Yes. And, um, there's a bunch of startups that uh, do this and one commercial firm where you can buy a unit now. There's a group called Climate Works in um, uh, Switzerland mm-hmm. and – and the Climate Works machine looks like uh, a washing machine with a fan on it, or a or a whole house air conditioner, and it blows air uh, into a solid sorbent, and the CO two sticks to the sorbent, and and uh, it does that for a while until the sorbent starts to get saturated and the efficiency starts to fall off, and then it closes. Up and it's got really rapid heat transfer. You heat the sorbent up, drive the CO2 off, and it sends it somewhere. And then it opens up again and keeps blowing. That machine is still expensive. It's the first one into the market, and it was because it was designed for a high cost market in greenhouse CO2. Mm-hmm. There were a bunch of greenhouses in remote places, and they were willing to spend a thousand dollars a ton on CO2. So this machine that'll do it for you for 400 bucks is a good deal, right? You can just buy these things and attach it to your greenhouse. In the meantime, though, the company has stacks them up and they built a demonstration plant that does about a thousand tons a year. And they also built a plant in Iceland that absorbs the CO2, uh, compensates for the CO2 from a power plant. In any case, that company has continued to move the technology forward. And their current estimates is that their next generation machine will have maybe half the cost. There are also a couple of other startups have built or almost have built uh, demonstration plants. And my guess is that the cost will vary, is very likely to come down to a hundred bucks a ton mm-hmm. within 10 years or so. And a hundred bucks a ton of CO2, it, uh, your, your listeners should keep some units in mind. Because it's a really easy conversion. Because a gallon of gasoline, uh, when combusted, makes almost exactly 10 kilograms of CO2, mm-hmm. 100 bucks a ton equals $1 per gallon on gasoline. Okay. okay? And, right. and, and everyone's liking those numbers. Yeah. So, so uh, you know, right. So, 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 so think about this, right? 
It's 2050 and we've decarbonized our economy, but we can't figure out how to decarbonize air travel. Mm -hmm. And we all like to go on ecotourism and everything else. And it's a good idea for people to see each other. And now airliners are as big a source as cars used to be, which is kind of where it's projected to go. And we've really got to figure out a way to do it, but you've got to run airliners on a chemical fuel. Mm -hmm. And the all renewables types would want you to do it on biofuels, but we've had to double the food production during the same 30 years. Yeah. And we've got too much pressure on arable land to mm -hmm. turn it over to making airliner fuel. Yeah. And, and biofuels are still expensive, right? I mean, cellulosic biofuels cost, costs a lot to produce mm -hmm. more than fossil plus a buck. But let's suppose you have a direct air capture machine and you can say, look, I'm going to sell some fossil fuel to airliners, but I'm going to make room in the atmosphere for them first when I sell them. And it costs an extra buck a gallon to yeah. do that. You know, you could, that's not hard, right? No, that's, and, yeah. and that technology is very close in my view. Yeah, here's what we need. We need some device similar to this, but but on a micro scale where I, where I can just strap it on my air conditioner. And then everyone can buy one. And everyone can strap it onto their air conditioner. And then you can, you know, you get... You get a metric ton of, I don't know, you fill up your little bottle, right? You, you, there's a little bottle attached to your air conditioner. You fill it up. You bring it to the grocery store. They hand you 15 bucks. You're like, yeah, let's, you know, let's go fill up more bottles. That's the way to do it. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. I appreciate it. I do. You don't real. I, I don't, I honestly, like, I don't think you realize when you're listening to this and you're just an ordinary person going about your ordinary life, driving to work, driving home coding on a computer listening to this in the background whatever you're doing you don't understand i don't think when i say i appreciate it how much i literally appreciate it because if i just made this episode without anyone listening like imagine i publish an episode and it gets zero downloads and zero plays everywhere that would make me more depressed than being a phd student makes me and being a PhD student is essentially just being suicidal for 18 hours a day. Literally, when you get accepted into graduate school, they should send you a prescription of antidepressants with your acceptance package. They should be like, here, here's your stipend information, here's the health insurance we offer you, and here is Zoloft. Because you're going to need it. Why are you going to need it? Because you're doing something that requires 140 hours of work per week but you're getting paid nothing now you might be saying wait, wait wait you don't get paid no you get paid but you essentially get paid nothing so what does that mean if you take 140 hours of work work per week and you divide it by nothing you essentially get depression that's it there's the math you need to be a phd student love ya Make sure you support the show. Rate it five stars on iTunes. Rate it five stars on Apple Podcasts. Rate it five stars on Google Play. I don't even know if that's an option. I don't think you can rate shit on Google Play. So just listen on Google Play, I guess. I don't know. Write me a letter and tell me you like my podcast on Google Play. I don't know what to tell you. Figure it out. Bye-bye. <laughs>